I hope that you've been encouraged and that you've been blessed, but also motivated to see how Unionville Alliance Church is seeking to continue to touch our world through Jesus one life at a time. I hope that the stories and the testimonies that have been shared uh, will motivate you as well to continue to be part of what we are trying to do to accomplish Jesus' mission here in Markham, in Ontario, in Canada, and all across the world. Unionville Alliance Church here, we exist for this particular reason, to lead people to know Jesus Christ and to follow him passionately. That's our mission statement. That's what we're all about. We want to tell people about Jesus. And as you've heard, probably over and over and over again, and we will continue to say it over and over again, our vision is to touch our world through Jesus one life at a time. Now, these two statements are rooted in what is called the Great Commission. It was on the quiz. Where is it found again? Matthew chapter 28, more specifically in verses... um, in verses 19 and 20. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the great commission. This is the charge that Jesus has given to each and every one of us without exception. I'll say that again. This is the charge that Jesus has given to each and every one of us without exception. To go and make disciples. That's for me to do. That's for you to do. That's for every single one of us to do. This is a Jesus vision. This is a Jesus commandment. This is a Jesus inspiration. And so I've I've titled this message, short though it be, is called A Jesus Vision. And if I explain that, it's simply this. A Jesus Vision is a community of disciple-making disciples. That's who God has called us to be. A community here of disciple-making disciples. There is a world out there that don't know Jesus. There is a world outside that lacks in the understanding of the great love and mercy and grace of Jesus Christ. And we are called to be disciples that make other disciples. That's what we're all about. Our vision is to touch our world through Jesus one life at a time. And part of that is to make disciples. And so my question to each and every one of us here who are you making a disciple of this year? My challenge, rooted in the challenge of Jesus, is in this next year of ministry, as we've started our sort of ministry year from September till till next June or so, or in the summer, who will you make a disciple? If Jesus has called you and saved you and forgiven you and restored you, you're a disciple. But you're called to be making disciples of others. And if we try to do that on our own through just regular preaching like Daniel might do, or through mass evangelism that might happen in big uh, stadiums, or as happened in, in the past in open air meetings and tents, 
Well, honestly, that just won't cut it. Because for the world to be reached, it requires each and every one of us to be on mission and to be making disciples. So watch this video and maybe you'll get a little perspective. Would you rather be given $1 million or one penny doubled every day for 30 days? You remember this question from math class, right? This is when we all learned the power of compound interest and exponential growth. At the end of 30 days, that doubled penny becomes just over $5 million. Turns out, the same concept applies to missions. Imagine you filled a football stadium with 100,000 people for a gospel outreach event, and 20% of them came to know Christ. That day, 20,000 people would come into the kingdom. If you did that every day for a year, over 7 million people would come to faith. That sounds pretty great, right? Here's the question though. If you kept that pace of 7 million people each year, how long would it take to reach the world's population of 8 billion people? Over 1,000 years. 1,095 to be exact. A 100,000 person outreach event every day for 1,000 years? From a pure number standpoint, mass evangelism will not reach the world for Christ in our lifetime. What about a different strategy inspired by that original math problem? Instead of preaching to 100,000 people every day, suppose you made one disciple each year, focused on their development, and equipped them to make their own new disciple every year. At the end of the first year, you would have two followers of Jesus, you and your disciple. At the end of the second year, you would have four, eight the third year, 16 the fourth, and so on, 32, 64, 128. How many years would it take to disciple the world using this strategy? 34 years. Do the math. Something profound happens when we take a multiplication mindset. In the Great Commission, Jesus tells us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He continues by instructing us to teach those disciples to obey everything he commanded us. What was his final command? Go and make disciples. So our role is to make disciples that obey the command to make disciples that obey the command to make disciples. We're to go to all nations and make disciple-making disciples. That's multiplication. Reach the few in order to reach the many. What if you didn't feel the burden to preach to an entire village or city or country, but instead were faithful to the simple multiplication principles of the Great Commission? The entire world could be discipled in our generation if we started with just one. What about you? How might God want you to be involved in making disciples that make disciples and seeing movements of Jesus among every tribe, tongue, people, and nation? Would you rather fill a stadium every day for the next thousand years or commit to making one disciple this year? Let's do this together until all have heard, starting with discipling one. So, who's your one? Who's your one? Can I leave that challenge with you? With you? This month of September has been our vision month. We've looked at the role that Unionville Alliance Church plays in local and global missions. We've highlighted prayer. We've talked about Alpha and inviting others into this experience of knowing Jesus. Can I challenge you in this next year 
not to make a hundred disciples, not to fill Unionville Alliance Church with thousands of people, but can I challenge you in this next year, make one disciple. Think of one person that you might be able to invite to Alpha and journey with them. Think of one person that you might be able to meet with on a consistent basis to disciple so that they would grow stronger in their faith. And at the end of that one year, they would be able to disciple somebody else. We are called to be disciple-making disciples. We are not called to be consumers. We are not called just to receive, receive, receive. We are not called just to ask for blessing after blessing after blessing. We are called to be disciple-making disciples so that the nations can be reached for Jesus, so that Markham can be reached for Jesus, so that Canada can be reached for Jesus. We are called to be disciple-making disciples. Can we do that, church? Can we do that? Can you think, can you pray and say, yes, I will make one disciple this year by the grace of God and the help of Jesus through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? And if you can do that, can you text me and just say, Daniel, can you pray with me? Because I'm going to reach out to this person so that they can become a disciple and follower of Jesus. And I'd love to be able to pray with you about that too. If we all this year said, yes, I am going to make a disciple by God's grace through the help of Jesus and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we can touch our world through Jesus one life at a time. Who is that one life? Jesus started with 12, but one of them was Peter. Peter, that one disciple, made such a radical and transformational impact on this world because Jesus spent time with him. We read that portion that Rob read for us from Luke chapter 5 of Jesus' initial calling for, uh, of Peter. And I want to share with you very quickly just three things from there I think that I trust will be impactful or, or encourage you or help, or help you. And the first thing is, is that Jesus wants to use what you have. You're thinking to yourself, how am I supposed to make disciples? Well, let me tell you, Jesus wants to use what you have. In that passage in Luke, you, I won't take time to read all the verses again, but in that passage, Jesus saw two empty boats, and Jesus asked Peter, I'm going to go on to those empty boats, and you push them out, and I'll preach the gospel there. God was able, Jesus was able to use what Peter had and share the word of God. Wherever you are today, Jesus has blessed you, empowered you, gifted you, given you talents and abilities that you can use for his kingdom and for his glory. He has created you very uniquely with a specific shape. For those of you that had taken the shape course before with, with me a number of years ago, that acronym shape stands S, stands for spiritual gifts. H stands for heart passions. A stands for ability. P stands for personality. E stands for experience. All of those things that you have gone through make you a unique individual, gifted, blessed, talented, empowered by the Holy Spirit to be used for the kingdom of God. 
So wherever you are in whatever situation you are in, Jesus can use you. You can be a disciple-making disciple just like Peter was. Number two, be obedient to the voice of God regardless of how crazy it sounds. And it'll be crazy sometimes. And if you see Daniel doing some things crazy, then just remember this service and remember this point and be like, okay, yeah, that's Daniel doing his crazy thing. Regardless of how crazy it might be, obey the voice of the Lord. In this passage, when uh, Jesus had finished speaking, he told Peter, he told the fishermen, Jesus, the carpenter, the expert carpenter who knows nothing about fishing, told Peter, the expert fisherman, Peter, take your boat out, throw your net in this particular area, and you'll catch a lot of fish. And Peter's response was, Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. We were fishing all throughout the night. We have caught nothing. But because Peter was obedient to the voice of Jesus, he said, but Lord, because you are asking. I'm the expert in this field. You're just the carpenter. But because you are asking Jesus, I will do it. And they threw out the net and they caught so much fish that they couldn't even pull it all in. Just be obedient to the voice of the Lord, regardless of how crazy it might sound. And Jesus will help you to be a disciple-making disciple. And number three, Jesus can use you. If you told me 25 years ago when the calling of God was coming into fruition into my life, when God's calling was, was speaking to me very loudly, if you told me all the things that I would have done in this last 25 years and be able to go to different countries and share the gospel and pastor churches and talk to people and, and, and whatever God has helped me a little bit to do for him, I would not have believed you because I was... I, I was and still am totally incompetent. Apart from the grace of God, apart from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, apart from the help of Jesus, God can use you to be a disciple-making disciple. Look at Peter's response. When, when Jesus came to Peter and Peter saw what had happened, it says here, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell on his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. And you might look at your life and you might say, I have this fault, I have this failure, I have this problem, I have this difficulty, I have this thing going on in my family, this thing going on in my work, I'm so busy here, I'm so busy. How am I supposed to be a disciple-making disciple? I can't do it. And Jesus looked back at him and said, Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. Don't be afraid. Jesus can make you a disciple-making disciple. Friends, our vision is to touch our world through Jesus one life at a time. Who is that one life that you can touch this year? Wouldn't it be amazing if next year, if Jesus doesn't come before our next annual general meeting and we were to have a praise service, wouldn't it be amazing if people could come up and say, this was the disciple that I made? Wouldn't it be amazing to be able to say, this is the person I journeyed with last year, this whole past year? Don't come up with 10 people. I don't want 10 people. One person. To touch our world through Jesus, one life at a time. If we can be faithful to the Great Commission, 
to share the word of God and to make disciples, if we can be faithful to make one disciple this year, how amazing, it seems small, it seems little, it seems like what good is that going to do? But if we all made one disciple this year, through the help of the Holy Spirit, through the empowerment of Jesus, it'll radically change our whole world. Worship team, please come as I tell this final story. And this story uh, was, taken, was, was told by James Emery White from his church and, and culture blog. He says this, Ken, Ken Greer writes of a man named, uh, by the name of Scott Manley who reached out to him in high, school, in high school to students in Arlington Heights around the 1960s. He showed up in a pair of Converse All-Stars, sneakers, gym shorts, t-shirts, a handshake and a smile. Several, several of us on the basketball team were playing a pickup game in the gym, and this young seminary student from Southwestern Theological Seminary worked his way into the game. Over the weeks, instead, he kept showing, over the weeks ahead, he kept showing up. At lunch, after school, in the parking lot, and before long, he worked his way into our lives. Scott was working through a ministry called Young Life that builds relationships with high school students, establishes clubs, and sponsors Bible study groups, all for the purpose of reaching out with the saving message of Christ in a place where churches often cannot go. Scott reflects that he doesn't remember, sorry, Ken reflects that he doesn't remember any of Scott's talks, only the music of his message. I love you. I care about you, you matter, your pain matters, your struggles matters, your life is sacred and dear to God. He has a future for you, plans and hopes and dreams for you and blessings for you. And the music streamed into Ken's heart and Ken became a Christian and ended up going to Texas Christian University where he turned around and led another Young Life Club himself. He also on that leadership was a young woman by the name of Judy who would go on to become Ken's wife. Judy had become a Christian through a classmate who had become a Christian through her young life leader who had become a Christian through Scott Manley. One day, Ken and Judy ran into Scott at a conference. They were attending together along with their three, three of their four children. Judy had never met Scott before. And she went up to him and said, you don't know me, but I'm Judy Greer, Ken Greer's wife. They hugged, and she continued. There's something that I've wanted to tell you for a long time. Years of emotion welled up inside of her. Scott, you were instrumental in leading my husband to Christ. And this friend told me about, you led my young life leader to Christ. My young life leader led a friend of mine to Christ. This friend of mine told me about Christ. You are my spiritual heritage. These three children of ours, these three children of the four children are ours. This is Kelly, and she knows Jesus. This is Rachel, and she knows Jesus. This is Stephen, and he knows Jesus. This is Gret our, our oldest Gretchen is not here, but she knows Jesus. All of us know Jesus because of you, Scott Manley. Thank you so much. The impact that we can have 
as we share the love of Christ and touch our world through Jesus one life at a time. Let's all stand together. Can we do that? Can we proclaim Christ here 
and far away so that the name of Jesus would be lifted up and all people will be drawn to himself. Before I give the benediction, I just want to say that we're going to be having our, the business portion of our annual general meeting uh, in about a half hour or so. So there's coffee uh, and everything outside. Feel free to have coffee and fellowship. Uh, and if you need to leave, we completely understand. But for those that are staying for our AGM, there's a, a light lunch uh, prepared that we'll put out in a few minutes. Uh, and then feel free to take some and then come back here uh, uh, in about a half hour or so to start our annual general meeting. Father, as we go now, fill us with your spirit. Empower us, Lord God, through the gifts that you have given to us, that we might proclaim Christ to every nation, to every tribe, and to every people. Lord, let us, let each one of us be a disciple-making disciple. Help us, Lord, in this next year, to make one disciple each so that all the world might come to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.